You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. Well, here we are. Thursday. Thursday pod. Um, for those of you who are wigging out about, um, I mean, there's many things to wig out about in the world, Eddie. You know what I mean? Just life generally. One of those things, I think, and an important one is the sound of our podcast, especially when we are doing it via Zoom across the internet. You know what I mean? There's plenty of things going on in the world, but one of them is, and I agree wholeheartedly with this, is the levels of you and I, and also just a general ability to hear and listen to us with some degree of... um, enjoyability, efficiency, you know, we don't want them having to turn me up and then turn you down and vice versa. Look, you're absolutely right, Tom. We have made uh, some changes to this pod. Uh, We've fucked with the levels a little bit. For those that have been with us for a while, they'll know this simple truth. You and I speak at different levels. We do. And that's, that's been an ongoing, enduring battle of ours. A difficult one, one that mm. has taken a lot of finessing over time. I think that we strive to be better every day. I think mm. that on the whole, we have improved, but sometimes curveballs are thrown in. The curveball this week is COVID. I have bested it. I am on the mend well and truly. That won't surprise anyone. And onwards we march. So... Yep. Back to fucking square one next week. Well, not square yeah. one. Back to normality. Not square one. Not back yeah. to normality. Back to normality. But we always turn up for the punter and the dribbler. Know that. I mean, whinge all you fucking yeah. want, but I still did a, po- a podcast in the depths of COVID on Monday for an hour and a half. Call it two hours. Yeah. Listen, no who, one's who else pat is you doing on the back that in this life. Who else? No one else pats you on the back in this life. You know what I mean? It's yeah. only this Your isn't mom. good enough. <laughs> Like you're dragging yourself out of your deathbed and you're basically, you know, you firstly, you're a little disappointed because you got COVID and you talked a big game. Yeah, I did. Secondly, Huge. you Huge. are physically ill mm. with, uh, you know, the global pandemic and you, you drag yourself out of bed. You come into work. Mm. No one else fucking works when they're sick. No. Probably. So apart from maybe frontliners. Um and you st- we're still getting chirped, you know? There's no satisfying some people. We're in the chirping business, though. You know? We are. So you get- Well, listen, you- we chirp. Chirp and be chirped is the-, is the game we run. Yeah, yeah. Chirp and be chirped. It's a simple mantra or mantra, uh, if you prefer that pronunciation. And I definitely I prefer it to mantra because mantra sounds weird. It did. Even for me. I don't know why I said mantra. I've never said mantra in my life. Mm. But it fell out. Um, yeah. And now I just have to own it. Do I yeah, wish I did. said mantra? Yep. Yeah, I do. You could have just said ma- mantra. You don't even have to say mantra. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but I, I prefer, but I prefer mantra to mantra. Well, I feel like you went all the way the other way because you fucked up. Well, could, yeah, but I had to. Exactly. Yeah, but I had to. I had to even it off. It was a course correction, but some may argue an overcorrection. But that's not what we're here for, anyway. No, it isn't. Um, it's good to see you again, Tom. Yeah, you too, mate. You uh, too. I um, I am on as the mend. Been. I am on the mend, as I mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago. What's your experience been like? 
Um, like a bat, like a cold, I would say, like a bad yeah. cold, I would say, like a bit of a cough, like a cough that was fucking annoying, but it would come and go. It wasn't like a constant. Uh, uh. It was like a maybe five or six big rough coughs, and then like I'd get a you know I'd get half an hour off. Um, mm. slept pretty well except for the first night where I was having fucking wild dreams. I don't know what was going on. I watched June and then it fucked me up, and I had weird dreams, bro. Like, I don't think that's COVID related. June is a fucking weird movie. Good though, good movie. Mum also pointed out that that nighttime codril can can, and I only had nighttime codril for one night, and then I ran out of it. But it can apparently invoke. Yeah. Bizarre dreams. Yeah. But but Dune though, let's not just but, roll through Dune. No, no, I'm not rolling through Dune. I'm just I'm just saying, Tom, that if you play a nighttime codril into a Dune, into a COVID, like You're you, bound to have some weird dreams. You're bound to have some fucking weird ones. So I was annoyed at the end of that movie. Am I the only one? Well, you're annoyed because there's a part two and you didn't like the cliffhanger. But, no, well, the, there wasn't really a cliffhanger, was it? The cliffhanger was we're here now. And things are about to happen. Whereas like a, you know, like I don't feel like Lord of the Rings, for example, even though I can't remember how those films ended, they weren't just like a, like something big sort of happened. In Dune, I feel like they just kind of got there. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. In uh, if No memory, spoiler alerts. If memory serves me in Fellowship of the Ring, Frodo and Sam, it ends with Frodo and Sam going off in the boat together. And then Legolas, Gimli and Aragorn go running after the other two hobbits. That was pretty good. And then in the other mm. one, I'm pretty sure Frodo and Sam are like walking into the forest and Gollum is like, has decided to fucking double cross him again. They're setting you up and you're salivating yeah. and you're ready to rip yeah. and tear. I agree with you about June. The ending of that, I was like, what the fuck? I'll say this. I didn't love June. I like, I, I thought it was like pretty interesting and clever, but, I didn't love it. I found now worth mentioning that I was a few gummies deep on a holiday. Sure. Um, so, you know, a lot of the, the the holiday mode, the horizontal vibe I had spliced with gummy, mm. spliced with the situation. I enjoyed it. I thought the soundtrack or the, I mean, the soundtrack, I guess, or the, the score, the sound, I don't know what you'd the call composition. it. composition. By Hans. Composition. Very good. Did Hans do that as yeah. well? Did Hans yeah. do Dune? Yeah. It was it was wild shit. Like it, it was. was really it fit it, it fit it perfectly. Perfectly. It's crazy because I think they do that without seeing the movie. Like I don't think they necessarily score the scene. Like sure. Depending no. well, depending on depending on the director's approach. Like I know that Christopher Nolan, when Hans did interstellar just told him about like, right. It's like a, a, a piece that you think captures um, a father losing a son. And then like, we, and then cause he wanted to free him up. And then he just showed him that it was, uh, it was actually a father losing a daughter and like the, and the setting that was in and he didn't know it was a fucking sci-fi, all this sort of shit. Wow, that's yeah. wild. Yeah, there is there's like um there's a um there's actually a good video on YouTube that talks through like the composition, how fucking Hans came up with it. 
and how that's insane and the use of the organ because the organ in like is life like it it helps you breathe and shit anyway uh, fucking interesting interesting well dude we saw hans we know we're we're hans guys we're big hans guys dude we're huge probably not as big as sebastian and to new no well and i think that that was just that was reflected in the state he was in when we were at Hans, he's he was in he was in put it this way he was in the biggest state of anyone there, yeah. And there and, was, we and how like, many people we were, there? were there? Fucking, I don't there know, was, twenty thousand, thirty thousand, twenty thousand. Yeah, I where know. was it? Kudos Bank. Twenty out of twenty twenty thousand, maybe something like that. Home of know. the home of the uh, the Violet Crumbles out in uh, home of the VCs. Uh, home of the VCs. Aussie Stadium is. Um, but yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was I thought it was a good movie without being great. I thought it, you know why I didn't think it was a great movie? The ending. Otherwise, I was like engrossed in it. Even though there were times when I had to be like, and that also could have been the gummies. But I was like, wait, what's going on? Mm. But Timothy Chalamet, who I, you know, if I, when I was judging books by the cover, when I was in that racket, I was looking at Timmy Shal and going, this guy looks like a pixie he just looks like a human boy pixie like this androgynous scrawny fucking weirdo again book by its cover and i apologize i repent for that but he's a he's a weapon he is he's, he's a weapon yeah he's great yeah he, he's very i'm good. a huge timmy shell fan now well, good for you tom yeah i'm happy for you bro did you not find his performance good no his performance was great his performance yeah. was very good. His performance yeah. was very good. I um I was impressed with his performance. <laughs> You're impressed, were you? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. Um, yeah, but other than that, punters and dribblers, I have been sleeping very well. Last night was my my best sleep yet. Fucking rock star sleep. Really? When, when you a, sleep better than I do, dude. Went to bed. Went to bed after. Went to bed as soon as. Uh, it was a fuck another jaw in the test and mm. another day five opportunity goes begging. We can probably get to that in a Bruh. little bit. Um, Bruh. And then well, I woke up. now if you want. Well, I'm just, I want to fill in the punter and the dribbler on the rest of my fucking situation. Oh, I apologize. And I woke up at, so that was like 1130-ish, maybe a bit later. Mm. I can't remember something like that. Yeah, it was. It was almost midnight. Right, and then I wake up, you know, bang, seven forty-five. Like, didn't wake up until then. Like a an all like a all the way through sort of situation. God, that's not that good of a sleep. In with no, and that's no disrespect to your night. It's like it's a good sleep, but it's not like, but, especially when you got COVID. I was I expecting mean, you'd be like you didn't wake up till nine. No, nah, because I got up and um, I got up and went for a walk. I didn't see anyone, so don't fucking wig out people. But I need to get the fuck out of the house. And so that's why I got up at 7.45. I mean, it was a good sleep because I didn't wake up at all. I just bang, like, eyes closed, okay. eyes open. Fucking eyes see open. you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But other than that... I do get you. Other than that, I've just been a little bit congested. And that's okay. and that's sort of, you know... I was a bit tired mm. for a couple of days, but I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then here mm. I am, bro. And then here you are. Well, I'm glad that we delayed the cricket chat for the second part of that story. I think that was important. Well, because I, need to, I to... needed to finish, Tom. No, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it was important that we did that. Look, before we do get to the cricket, Eddie, yeah, um, I have been – firstly, I just want to say that I'm I'm not a big fan of those sort of parents who, like, brag about their kids. I just think that's important to, to note first. But I was at 
I went to Evie's soccer school today, uh, Kickaroos. Kickaroos. Now, first time I've been, it was very cute, very wholesome. Where are the Kickaroos at? Well, usually they go to Centennial Park, but because it's been pissing with rain, they don't, the, the, the ground hasn't, the drainage at Centennial Park, obviously not what it should be to host the Kickaroos. Mm. So we went to some random church in Bondi Junction and um, they had a little kickaroos class there. Very good, very wholesome. My daughter fucking dominated and there's nothing I can do about it. Now, is her hand eye where it needs to be? Her hand foot, her foot eye, whatever you want to call it. It's not where it needs to be, but if it was, then you'd have no room for growth. So. But is she like, is she the quickest in the room by a country mile? Does she sprint out, sprint everyone? Do they sort of splice in things about like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite animal? And she's the only one that knows animals and colors. Yes. Splice that with a fast little kid who can kick a ball. Okay. You've got a, you got a real problem on your hands come competitive soccer time. She's also born in January. So she's basically a year ahead of, you know, her contemporaries. Well, see now this, you know what? It's very funny you bring this up. Stephanie and I were having an argument this morning. Got quite heated. Um, about I, when the, to send her to school. The only thing I will say about, about that is, so I went up early, as you know, did all right. My mother, the preschool teacher, who has fucking, you know, what, 30 years of experience, maybe more, thinks that you always stay back now. Okay, so it's in, in your year group. Do it in your year group, yeah. See, now that's what I think. Now, I now subscribe it, to that. Now, it won't, change, it won't change her ability to dominate on the sports field because you, you compete in your age group in that respect. Which Steph seems to think you don't. Well, you do because that's what I did and that's why I always went to state and I always fucking dominated because I was the oldest yeah. in the fucking room. <laughs> I was also great, but like, but you were old. <laughs> I was old. I was You're old. old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but look, I uh, I could get the literature for you, and feel free to give my mother a call, and she'll give you the fucking play by play. But her opinion is well, like that: you 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 keep them back and give them every opportunity to be great. Yeah. See, whereas the like Steph was saying, she's spoken to like she's got friends who are teachers and shit, and she was saying like, um that if she was intellectually advanced, and I'm not saying she will be by the time she hits school, but currently like just developmentally she is, mm. um, that like she's going to be bored potentially in kindergarten if she's already sort of, you know, if she's like already able to get it. And I was like, my thing is like ultimately. Well, it depends. Like- it depends how child genius she is. That's you know what, I mean. what I mean. I'm like, I mean, we're not dealing with a little Elon Musk. I don't think <laughs> she might be, but I don't think that that's the case. So, you know, I was just like, I was speaking to things like when you, and you could probably speak to me even more because you were young for a year, but when you're in the, like when the whips are cracking, when you're going for your L's, when you're going out to drink, when you're going to schoolies, when you're doing all this sort of shit and you're like, you can't with all your friends. To me, that would be that would be annoying. Well, it it's it's annoying because you still have that pressure of of 
whatever fucking instrument you're using at the time, whether it was a scratchy, which I don't think you can use anymore, or uh, the old lookalike, there was also always the fear of failure and that you were going to get found out and your fucking night would be over. But like everyone, at least fucking when we went to school, everyone was rocking those things before they were 18. So like you're all part of it. It's just you fall behind in that year where everyone fucking turns 18. Becomes and, actually 18. And you're not That's 18. That's a good point. Yeah. And what about driving? Well, like I went to boarding school, so it didn't really matter. Do you know what I mean? Mm, that's a good point. It's a good point. Like it's not the end of the world. Like I didn't. No, it didn't, it didn't really bother me. Was it annoying? The whole eighteen thing? Like you're mildly annoying. Yeah, mm. mild, mm. mildly annoying. I would say. I um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't know. I'm also like, hey, we got fucking time. Let's let's we out. Apparently though, this so she was because then we were arguing. Right, we're into the thick of the argument, and I'm mm. going, this is like. Da, 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 da. Then she just Googles like age to send kids to school. And apparently, so Evie's born like 23rd of Jan. If you're born before the 31st of Jan, then you have to go in the, you have to be young for your year. Like you have to go back or start early. I was well, like, bullshit. Shit. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. You can send your kid whenever the fuck you want. Like That's kid, what I would have thought. Kids used to get sent, like, kids used to get sent really fucking early, like up until like mm. June and shit. But do you know why that was? Take your fucking guess, Sherlock, to get him out of the fucking house. Like, it's not like, whoa, you've got to send him early. It's to get him out of the house. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Free yourself up. Free yourself up. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, the English get it. They used to send their kids to boarding school when they were six years old. Still do. Bro, that's I was, so when I was a. I had to board a couple of times when I was in primary school or like I'd maybe I boarded for like a year or something when I was like maybe 10 or 11 or 12. And there were kids there that were like six years old, eight years old. And I was like, this is, and not just, but like from other countries, mm. you're like from like the Philippines and China and shit. And you're like, bro, these poor little bastards are out here at eight years old. Like that is so nice. They can barely speak the language or they can, but they can't. And like, I was like, fuck, that's intense. That is so intense. We back. Mike issues. Mike issues. Shocking. Um, so Evie's a kid genius. Sure. Oh, yeah. Evie's potentially a kid genius who's going to be held back, um, which to me seems unnecessary. I say be the oldest in the year. Dominate. Dominate. Take fucking be names. Take, to everything. Take names. To everything. Take names, souls, et al. I agree, Tom. Yep. I agree. Punters and Dribblers, today's episode brought to you by Good Day, the fastest selling multivitamin of all time. Do I have data to back that up? No, I don't. That's a vibe-based thing. Big shout out to the, the dribblers that are already uh, on it. It's it's changing lives. I think 207 reviews, five star, all of them at begoodhealth.com.au. If you need... Uh, to hear it straight from the dribbler's mouth, go and read them because it's been described multiple times as life-changing. As we explained last week, we are currently uh, taking pre-orders only as we are out of stock because it's sold way quicker than anyone could have possibly expected, which we fucking love you all for. We are taking pre-orders. It'll be back in stock later this month. And if you are a subscriber, you will be getting the goods you have not been forgotten about. Begoodhealth.com.au, code dribbler for 20% off. We love you. Punters and Dribblers, the podcast is always brought to you by the 
betting platform of choice over here, and that is Neds. Neds, baby. Neds. That's it. Number one in Australia, in our opinion, nay the world, nay the universe, nay the multiverse. Now, if you want to follow Tom and I and our mate Guru and our mate Sebo, I mean, I think Tobler's on there, but who cares about that? The profiles tab, Ed, it's uh, an innovation by Neds where you can go and you can see what people are betting on. It is essentially accountability in app form. Well, it's accountability personified. Correct. Uh, there's also obviously the about even group in there where everyone's sharing their own bets, giving each other shit, having a laugh, having a chuckle, having a Paul Rahihi. That's a rugby league reference that some may not get. But no, I liked it. Now, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Buy a six-pack of Big Day Rosé at hellosport.shop. What are we doing month of May? Because we are working our way through the remainder of the uh, the most recent vintage. Got a couple left that we want to get rid of before we then turn all of our attention to the end of the year. Just feeling generous, Tom. We're feeling generous, and it's, a t- it's, it's sale time. We just thought, fuck it. If you buy a case and you use the code MANLY... You get fifty bucks off the case. If you, you buy go. two cases, you get a hundred bucks off. Yep. You get what I'm trying to say. Go to hellosport.shop, bang, rose on there, code manly, fifty bucks off a case. Pretty fucking generous if you ask me. But we love the punter and we love the dribbler and we're just like let's get this vintage out there to the people that yep. want it most. Let's get it in the gullets of the nation. That's right. Gull it up. I do want to address the elephant in the room. And yep. when I say in the room, I mean in Australia. And the elephant is yep. our ability to take fucking scalps, names, wickets, wins on day five in test matches. Mm. It's becoming a real mm. fucking problem. It's becoming a uh, real big. fucking problem. I can't remember the last time we won on day five. Well, the thing that pissed me Couldn't off tell you. Uh, prob- almost the most about it was we actually dro- we let some fucking chances go. Yeah, we did. It wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't a chanceless like... We had opportunities. They're one and the same, though, right? Because it doesn't fucking... We still can't get it done. Yeah, but it'd be worse if it was like... Like, against England, when we drew with them in Sydney, it was rain-affected, and I don't remember. Obviously, my memory usually biased and favours the nation with which I reside. Uh, But I don't remember there being, like, a shitload of missed opportunities, whereas... I feel like yesterday, poor old fucking Schweppo had a bunch of missed opportunities right up until the third last over when Usman dropped whoever it was. Um, yeah, he and, and that he, was that was just like two, he was just a tired, tired right, that, mess. They all were, they all were. But I mean, we but, thought that we were going to win that one. But be that as it may, bro. What did we need? Eight wickets with a full day of test cricket on a day five pitch that did less, admittedly, than they thought it would Mm. or than it looked like it would do visually. But it doesn't matter. Like, we've got to fucking close these games out, and we don't. No, we don't. We didn't against India. Hard to be the number one test in the world when you can't close out games. Well, how are you going to win the test championship? How are you going to go – like, I think there was someone where I was reading yesterday, they were like, you don't get opportunities like this. With requiring eight wickets to win on day five in Asia, like it just doesn't happen. Mm. So you got to take those W's when they're on offer. 
Now, I didn't realise it was a three-test series, so there's still one more chance to, to wrap up the series, that is. But, you know, we're going to start closing this shit out. Yeah. It's disappointing. And I don't know from a tactical perspective whether the follow-on should have been enforced or not. Like, I don't know. Well, they don't do that anymore ever since India fucking... Pounders. Came back, butted for whatever, two days, came back over the top of us and got that W. I think it was 2001, Steve War and the boys. Um, it, it's not done anymore. No one does it. No. And apparently they take a bit of a lead on in what Indian, uh, Asian sides do. India, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, blah, blah, blah. They don't enforce a follow-on, generally speaking. So, Do you mean in their own country? That's what they look to? In their own country and in right. similar countries in similar conditions. Apparently, yeah, Asian right. sides don't. But no one seems to enforce the follow-on anywhere at any place on earth. Well, it's not done anymore, no. I think the... I can see... I can, so, I can sort of see the logic in it, though. I mean, they're long, hard, grueling days out in the middle. You don't want to pound your bowlers into the earth for that long, I don't think. No, but the fucking we we bowled like fifty overs. There was more than there enough. To, I think there was an, uh, there was enough time. Well, to to enforce a follow on, or just to 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 not enforce it and try and get them out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right, basically, was, two, it, they, was, was there basically they, two days? They definitely had enough time. Five sessions, they, maybe. Yeah, they definitely missed some chances that would have helped. Um, I tell you what, what, watching Swepson bowl yesterday reminded me of how fucking accurate Shane Warne was. Oh, because because Swepson wasn't. Well, like and that like a lot of wrist swingers spinners aren't. Like no, but just generally how like he was so goddamn accurate. Whereas like Swepson mm-hmm. and like you know a lot of uh, wristies they'll they'll bowl the full toss every now and then. You know, oh, he, and he bowled a couple of them. Oh, he bowled heaps, he bowled like almost one or like almost one and over. Smudge was the same. He used to be able to land four and over, but then two of them were. I didn't mind. Ma- I don't mind Marnus bowling late. No, Marnus, Marnus when he was bowling them late. He ripped them. Marnus rips, dude. Marnus should be used more. He's legit. Yeah, it's funny because he is legitimately a like reincarnation of Smudge. Fucking weird. Obsessed with cricket. Got got all these weird idiosyncrasies and and ripped some leggies. And he also, dude, I'm pretty sure that Pat Cummins had him bowling fucking medium paces this same test match. So he's an everyman, bro. He bowls, he bowls out. Like, who did he get out in Shield cricket bowling? Fucking, he he bowled out like a really good batter in Shield cricket, um, bowling like whatever medium pace speed that he bowls. He's a weird. He's a weird dude. But I guess if you're that obsessed with cricket, it is kind of funny, don't you reckon? Like, there's all rounders, but that like there aren't cricketers who have you know, like in MMA, it's like it started off where it was like a boxer versus jujitsu guy. It's like that someone hasn't come up who can bowl both hands. You know, well there is. Leggies, no, there cricks. is. Yeah, but like not not really. Have you seen the you new? I mean? Have you seen that new kid who's ambidextrous? Is he young? Yeah, yeah, but that's like a, it's like that's like one of those videos that come out of like India, right? Where no, 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 no. He plays for like he's like Australian under twenties. He's in the Australian under twenty side. Did you see oh, this recently? Yeah, yeah. He can bowl. No? Yeah, he bowls both arms, dude, and he's fucking legit. He's like in so the setup. You, you'd have to let him know what you were doing, right? You couldn't be like, he's a right arm around the. Well, yeah, he. Well, left. yes, well, he does, but he's arguing. That why the fuck should I have to tell them what arm I'm bowling if they're not telling me if they're going to switch hit or not? 
like them telling me like you know which in yeah if you if you know that they're going to switch hit that changes where you bowl right so yeah i i understand it from that perspective i'm like i don't think I you don't should have it. to i think you could choose no that's interesting okay and is it what's he bowl like um he bowls finger spin I wonder, see, again, and that's that's cool and that's what I'm talking about, but, like, even walking it out even further to be, like, you can bowl different deliveries on different arms and, you know, you can bat left and right-handed. Like, just being able to be the ultimate fighter version of cricket, like the ultimate cricketer. Well, I wonder if, did Mike Hussey ever bat both hands? Like, because I know that he was a righty and then went left. Yeah, no, he never did. I don't think, again, but why? But why not? Confidence that I don't. Have. But I wonder why not. Like against a well, certain against a certain bowler, because I don't think say, he developed his right-handed batting. I think he literally changed when he was a pup. But I wonder if it's because he is right-handed. I wonder if it lives within. Potentially. I mean, I am ambidextrous. I know you didn't ask, but I am. So, like, I do understand. It's always about you. The, well, I just, you know, you've got to try and provide some context to these situations. Yeah. And as a person no, no, who is insert, ambidextrous. Insert yourself. Insert yourself. Um, you know, as a person who lives with, I mean, it's not an affliction, I guess. It's really a gift. But um, as someone coordinated enough to know what that feels like, you know, it does live within me. It does. But it's also, it's an ambidextrous sort of that doesn't entirely know what it's doing, right? Like I throw right-handed. I can throw both hands. Left, obviously not as good. Mm. But I play tennis right-handed, uh, left-handed. Mm-hmm. I play fucking golf right-handed, cricket right-handed. Yeah, it's you're right all over, left-handed. You're all over the place. Yeah, I'm a bloody. I'm just an. I'm a ambidextrous sort of like. Why don't you play golf left-handed? Never had left-handed know, clubs. If it, it, it feels weird. Oh, it does feel weird. Oh yeah, it feels weird. It feels weird. Like batting left. I couldn't bat I couldn't bat left-handed cricket either. Batting left I feel like Are you goofy or regular? Goofy. You goofy. Yeah. Interesting. Kick right footed. You kick right footed, but you goofy. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. What foot do you jump off? Probably my left, if I had to think about it. When you do high jump, do you jump off your outside leg? You do, don't you? You jump off your outside leg so your inside leg kicks over first. Um, yeah. I think you do. I think I jump off my left. But see, like... I can't remember. I think you jump off... Or do you jump off your inside your outside. No, but that wouldn't make sense because you're trying to... Anyway, what I was going to say is... Because I'm a, bit, I'm a little bit all over the place as well. Like, I'm, I think I jump off my left foot. Yes. Even see, in lo- even in lo- like, even in long I, jump, I think I jump off my left foot. When I think about the fact that I play tennis uh, left-handed and cricket right-handed, I find that most of your power, I know that people probably disagree with this. Well, I feel like it's it's incorrect technically. That most of your power is generated in golf or cricket through your left hand if you're a right-handed player. Like that's where you I don't feel like I push when I play cricket as much as I pull and like use the bottom hand to be a bit more like uh, control, like control the bat or the club, but I'm ripping through my shoulder. Like 
So that's why with tennis, it makes sense because it's like it's just an extension of how I would play. Well, tennis, well, golf, you're not, your arms aren't doing like – it's more twist. It's talk, really. I know. But that's like – tennis is still like – tennis is that as well, like a backhand. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And then cricket, you're sort of still talking your body with your, whilst using arms. They're not exactly the same sort of biomechanically. But I do feel like saying you're a right-handed batter or golfer, I'm like, well, you're kind of left. Mates, I, um, me and Els have started playing a bit of tennis every now and then, and we're trying to play once a week. And my back against each other, yeah, yeah, she's actually pretty good. Mm. Um, but like you know, it gets you out of the house, fucking. Oh, I get it. Look after the body, blah blah blah. And my backhand, do some, do some mixed dubs. Yeah, we'll mix Birmingham's v Simpsons. Well, I was going to say you and me versus them, just dominate. Well, I'm happy to do that as well. A win's a win. (laughs) Win's a win, dude. Um. And my backhand's pretty good, but my forehand has gone. And I'm not saying like, I'm saying it's been, it's obviously been gone for like a decade since I played tennis, but it's making me feel sick how uncoordinated I am when it comes to trying to hit my forehand. But my backhand's delicious, but my forehand's gone. It's, are, it's you a, are you a two-handed backhand or one? I, my double-handed backhand was a thing of beauty back in the day. It was like my most feared weapon. No, no, I'm, t- I'm two-handed. The top spin I'd get on that motherfucker yeah, would, yeah. would put Nadal to shame. Oh, yeah? Good for you, yeah. bro. Um, I just sort of point that out. I, 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 to My forehand's point- always been shit anyway, but I certainly, there's nothing like picking up an old skill. I picked up the drumsticks again recently and seeing how quickly you lose something and how like immediately in the moment, it's almost like insecure. It makes you feel where you're like, how the fuck have I forgotten to do this? Like I know how to do it, but I don't. And, I'm, and I was doing it around people. So like, it was it was like oh you suck you can't play drums anymore. How is practice? Then how is practice then, going? Well, that's it, right? So I played once mm-hmm. and it was awful. And then the next week, like a week later, I was listening to like I was listening to heaps of songs and shit. And then a week later, within like five minutes, I was sort of had all these things that I couldn't I could not do the week before. I could do them again, and it was like I found it pretty crazy how like that wasn't about physically improving. That was about like almost the atrophy of the sort of connections in your brain that you just haven't used for so long. And they were sort of just withering, but they were all still there. And so you just had to like pump them up again. And then it was like, holy shit, they're all back. You need to fire them up. So you're good to go. Dude, I was pretty much back the next week. Like, and then now it is just about physical because there was some shit that I can't do just because I get tired. But like the, the, the mechanics of it all I could do. Showtime. Showtime stuff. Are you gonna wear the are you gonna wear the singlet or not? Probably not. The arms aren't what they should be. The arms aren't what they should be, you know. Like what they were back in the day, which was, you know, arms of consequence. Um, so maybe I'll wear a skivvy. A black yeah. skivvy. You know, drum and a skivvy. Yeah, yeah, keep them covered up. It's hot work, mate. It is hot work. It is hot work. It's very hot work. Good exercise though. Tom, I don't know if you've seen, but the U.S. Senate has decided to, or advised, or decided, not quite sure, to keep daylight savings permanently. Oh, Have you yes, seen I did this? see that. Yeah, I did see that. What the fuck's that about? What's that about? I think they're just like, I well, in summer they move the clocks forward an hour, right? And they're like, well, they're not going back ever. 
So they just want like a permanent holiday. Like I get it. There is a part of me that enjoys daylight savings because I have whatever the other one is, non-daylight savings time, standard time. Standard time. Standard time. Standard time, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like, why do I enjoy the daytime? Is it because I have night? Why is it that I enjoy night? Because I have the day. Do you want to live in a world where it's always daylight savings? Maybe. Maybe that'd be sick. More daylight saved. There isn't more daylight, though. That's the thing. No, there isn't. You're right. (laughs) Which is a common misconception around daylight savings time. We don't create more day. We don't create more day, although I can guarantee you some people think that we do. We we, we rob daylight from the morning and provide it to the night. That's what we're Mm. doing. I find this time... It's a redistribution of daytime. That's right. But, like... It, you get an insight into what it would be like if you did it permanently really late. So, like, I think the first weekend in April is when it changes. So, like, the last week of of um, of March, look at how dark it is in the morning. It already is. Like, it's already... But it gets worse. Morning. But it gets worse yes. and worse and worse. It's like... It's, and it's, but it's also already getting darker at night. Like, it's getting darker earlier. It's, it's because there's less light. Yes. Ever since so we are the, losing day. We've been losing day ever since the summer solstice, which is like December 22nd. Second, something like that. So we've been losing it ever since then. Up until mm. the, the winter solstice, which is in June sometimes. Uh, welcome to Science Hour with Tom and Eddie. Um, we will gain it once more, Tom. Mm. We will gain it once more. But I wanted to get your thoughts and we'll, we'll work. I'm pretty fucking good with, with what we've got now. I wouldn't want to see it become a permanent fixture, I don't think. No. Can you actually also, because Steph and I, and it probably has a real like impact on people with children, again, uh, don't fucking hate me for having kids. Do we go back? Like, Do I lose sleep when we go back or do I get an extra hour? Are you looking... This next one, when we go back to just Eastern Standard Time. You'll gain an hour. So when it's five in the morning, it will be. So when you wake up, when you wake up, when you. So five in the morning, when you. This time, like what, what five is now to me, it will be four in the new time. So when you wake up and it's, and your clock says seven o'clock a.m., it's eight o'clock to your body. Yes. Yes. So now the problem that that has for me is if Evie's getting up at five every morning, say. It'll be four in the morning. It'll be four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was worried about. <laughs> that's what I was worried about. Awesome. Right. So that's actually going to be devastating for you. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good at all. It's going to be really fucking... Well, I wonder how long it's going to take for her to adjust. I'm just wondering whether, like, if you just make her. But but she doesn't know what she. Surely she's going off the sun. Shouldn't she be getting up later because the sun's becoming because it's running coming up later? I. She doesn't get up with the sun. She gets up before the sun. She's up. But is she up with the? Maybe she's up with the birds, bro. Dude, she is up. Before birds, she's up before sun. She fucking 
Today she was up at six, in fairness to her. She was up at six, which isn't unreasonable, but it's not reasonable. I was doing ballet with her in the living room at five past six this morning. I was fast asleep, my old friend. I know. I know. Do you ever think about that when you're like, when you get up at these crazy hours? Do you ever think of, about what I'm doing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Like, not regularly, but I certainly, and not just you, but I'll think about like, you know, how the other half live, how the bloody, you know, the greener pastures. It's still, look, it's lovely. It's, it's not a, I know I talk a lot of shit. It's lovely, but, but at 6.05 in the morning when I've been awake for four and a half minutes and I'm doing Emma Wiggle ballet in the living room, it can be, it can be trying. She got a, she got a ballet bar, an Emma Wiggle ballet bar, which is a pink and yellow plastic ballet bar with like yellow bows as the feet. Mm. Emma Wiggle wears yellow bows for those of you who don't know. So Sold out everywhere online. Fucking people trying to resell them on Gumtree for like a grand. Uh, right. A little technical glitch there. We're back. We're back. Uh, if you didn't realize now, you will because we're only just realizing it that for the second podcast in a row, the Zoom is not recording the video. So fuck Zoom. Well, um, well it is, but only Thomas is showing up. So it's a little bit like, what's the point? What's the point? Well, some would say that's it. That is the point. Um, now, where was I? Was I talking about ballet, I believe? You're talking about the and ballet legs, the thousand bucks, the gum tree. That's right. So the Emma Ballet Bar market is inflated, to say the least. I guess maybe scarcity, supply chains, you name it. I'm not sure, but things of that nature. Yep. Um, so Steph was looking at him online because basically you you watch this chick on TV, Emma Wiggle, do ballet, and she has a ballet bar and you meant to copy her. Mm-hmm. Evie just holds under the table, does her thing. Very cute, very wholesome. She was then, um, yeah, Steph's looking for ballet bars. It's like people are selling for a thousand bucks somewhere, you know, other places. What are they? What's much. what's the RRP, Tom? Dude, if it's if it's any more than 30 bucks, I'm fucking not here. I don't know though, because I'd never looked it up but I knew that it was difficult to find. Um, anyway, Steph and her, uh, Steph and the girls went to stay at her brother's in Camden last weekend. And uh, my brother-in-law, Steph's brother, took Evie for a walk to the park. And I don't know if they're doing a council cleanup down there, but she sees this Emma ballet bar on the side of the road. Robert doesn't know what the fuck it is. And she's like, they're on the way to the park. She's like, our ballet, Emma ballet, trying to pick, like take it. And he's like, no, like we're going to the park, it's junk. And they keep walking to the park. And then on the way back, she's like, again, like she's like, Emma ballet, Emma ballet. And he's like, you, if you want it, you you take it. I'm not bringing this shit. Yeah. Like, what is this? And then so she she goes, uh, that's okay. I'm strong like my Norna. And she just picks it up. <laughs> And just carries this ballet bar the whole way back to the house and then gets back there. And Steph's like, holy shit, where'd you get this? He's like, it's trash from the side of the road. She's like, no, nah, this, is, this is a fucking Emma ballet bar, dude. I realize she's just unearthed gold from the side of the road. Did she love it? the whole thing by herself. Dude, she's fucking obsessed with it. I'm like, that is, that's like uh, treasure hunter shit. 
Strong like my nana, bro. Yeah. Beast. Yeah, beast. And carried the thing the whole way home, like above <laughs> her head, like she was on fucking celebrity SAS doing some sort of a challenge. Love that. So anyway, that's the ballet bar that we use at 6.05 a.m. Right, okay, that's what you're using. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you like it, mate? Does it feel good underhand? Well, it's 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 very cute. It's very cute seeing her do ballet. That's about it, though. That's about it. Um, moving on from that, Edward, yep. of which I don't know how we got to it. Don't know how we got there. Don't know where we go from there. I was As you were telling me the story, I was realizing how fucking out of the loop I was. I was like, I don't know why we're even talking about this. As we came back from that tech fuck up. Well, that was a tech fuck up, yeah. I was like, I know I was talking about uh, ballet, specifically Emma Ballet, but I had no idea why. So I just rolled with it and the story ended and I realized there was no conclusion because I didn't know why the fuck we were talking about it. (laughs) Got a bit of rugby league tonight. When we do rugby league, it is obviously for our good friends at KO. Shout out to KO. All games live ad free during play. If you don't watch your rugby league on KO, you are one of the great dead shits all of time. all time. Mm. Uh, we have the Bunnies and the Storm tonight, I believe. But before we get to that game, I didn't have a chance to talk to you about this because you've been sick. It happened on Monday night. You weren't on the bloke pod. But Buzzy Rothfield of Mr. Mayo of... Senor Mayo getting caught out peddling Mayo Mm. and having to apologize for peddling Mayo, Mm. but then basically just using the entire apology as a way to continue to hang shit on Phil Gould. Yeah. It was Was that not one of the, it was a thing. It was of, of all time. It was, it was so poetic. It was so brilliant. It was so dastardly in its approach that, I was left like fucking stunned. I couldn't believe what I was watching, but then I could. So that's yes. the that's the fine line that Buzz walks. It's believable, but it's unbelievable as well. Because yeah. you're like, are you? You're just a child, aren't you? Like you're just like mm. you're just like a child, but you're also fucking seventy something. But this is schoolyard shit, and I love it. Yeah, and I fucking can't get enough of it when he's going. <laughs> he's just bringing up shit that is so out of place. It reminds me of when you fight with your missus and you're like, and you've clearly fucked up, but then you've been backed into a corner and you're like, well, I need, I need something here. Pride's on the what line. What am I going to do? Yeah. I'm going to start bringing up shit that you, that, 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 that you do that annoys me, right? You know, it's not relevant. Yeah. It's not relevant, but also. And There's no dog in this fight, but it does fucking matter. funny. Kempi was point Kempi pointed out because he was like he was like well you know what else is fucked he's like uh, he bloody sacked Ivan Cleary uh, for you know however like costing the club this much money well because he, he sacked, came back and won the comp it was was what he was implying but but then he was like and then he sacked uh, Anthony Griffin yep uh, and it was like yeah 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 and that's like they literally just won the comp though right so like he sacked Ivan Cleary. Then he sacked Anthony Griffin to get Ivan Cleary back mm. because he didn't want to lose it. And, and they won the now, comp. yeah. So what do you? Which one is comp. it? Which one is it? Because you're two, they don't really work. 
No. What you're saying, where you have to pick one of them. You can't use both. Yeah, of you them. can't. You can't use both because you got Ivan Cleary back, <laughs> and they won the comp, and they kept Nathan Cleary, who yeah. they who could have gone to the Tigers. Yeah, yeah. To why, why do you? Why do you think they got? Why do you think they got Ivan back? Do you think it was probably to fucking so they could keep Nathan? Do you think they used that as a cherry in negotiations? Do you think that's probably what happened? We brought Dad back so that Nathan would stay. Nathan I'd hazard. I'd hazard. A, I'd hazard. Time. I'd hazard a guess that that boy should stand with son and goes. Listen, mate, when you when you sit down and renegotiate, think of your old man. You know, mm. I'm I'm over here. I'm able to coach you to glory. So, no, I'm also the guy that took you to every training you've ever done. Raised you. You owe me, bro. You owe me big time, and I'll pay you. I'll yeah. pay you big if you want to come to the Tigers. You'd have to get paid big to go to the Tigers. Yeah. So, but you just, but also like those were the two things that he brought up. You're like of all the things to bring up, it's like, that's really not that bad as opposed to like spinning bullshit yarns about a club. Like Lying. not that, not that even, not that even what Buzz did was that bad, but like spinning bullshit yarns is worse than making business decisions that would ultimately be made with like, you know, but he's, but no, but he's like, he's saying people get it wrong. It's like, no, you, you, you got, you got found out peddling Mayo that's off. Yes. Right. As opposed, as opposed to making a business decision that like with the power of hindsight, you could say, Oh, maybe that should have been done differently. Like, you know, whatever. But that's, there's a big fucking difference between those two things. And the fact that he was sitting there trying to get away with that was unbelievable. Like all the co-hosts and shit just looking at him going, bro, are you feeding him? Like, this and then he had like a pause and then he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. And they're like, they're like oh my it. God, dude. You are the there's, a level, there's a level of like, um, like social development that is so clearly lacking in an individual like that where it's like they – spend so much time digging up other people's shit. And then when they get it wrong, like they're constantly criticizing everyone else, right? Like Mm. that's their thing. This person's doing this wrong. This person's doing this right. This is something that, you know, I'm trying to uncover that these per like, you know, that you didn't know or these people trying to hide it. Like it's constantly just trying to fucking ambulance chase or like, look at what Adam Elliott's doing at the bloody Bulldogs kick-ons, putting his giant dick in a schooner glass. But then when he fucks up, when he fucks up, the inability for him to just go, sorry, I got it wrong without any agenda or without anything of like, well, think about what Duff's No caveats. No caveats. No caveats, exactly. It's like, just apologize for fucking it up. Dude, people would have respected that so much more. He's like, sorry, hand up. Sorry to the Bulldogs. Sorry to Gus. I fucked that one up. But instead he comes out. It just showed a lot about the character of the man. We already kind of assumed that to a degree. I think a lot of people anyway, but you're like, oh, if there was ever any doubt or if you ever like, well, fucking Gus Gould and, and Phil Rothfield like hate each other. I wonder whose character is more, you know, trustworthy or you, know, you just see, you see shit like that. And you're like, well, hard to imagine it's buzz. I, it's funny though, because it's like, this is almost the trade-off to have a Mayo man made almost entirely of Mayo whose job is to peddle Mayo and fucking dig up Mayo and sell Mayo and, you know, sell buy and mayo, harvest mayo and harvest Mayo. Like, he's the Mayo man, right? Yes. You almost then need his apologies to be made of Mayo. Like, 
Hundred percent. It's you can't. Take you, him, can't you, you can't. You can't have it both ways. You can't have your cake and no. it too, right? If you've you, got to celebrate the, the Mayo man. You've got for, to for, if, all if you, for all that he is. So if you're celebrating him for his, you know, for his Mayo bullshit stories, you've got to also celebrate his bullshit apologies because they're one services to Mayo. <laughs> services to Mayo. But it was unbelievable. Phil Good must just sit there going, "You are the biggest dead shit, mate." Yeah, because then because as you know, Gus changed because he was saying if you don't know. Then Buzz was basically saying that the Bulldogs don't use drones at training. And that was like before the game, before the season's even started, he's hanging shit on them. And that was his main talking point was they don't use drones at training. It's like old school. It's not fucking modern high tech. And then Phil Gould just released like multiple images of their drone shots from training and then changed his Twitter hand, Twitter photo to a drone and then like was tweeting just up a storm about how much he loves drones. Buzz just didn't cop it well. Buzz got absolutely fucking pounded into the earth by Gus. <laughs> because he would have been licking his lips, being like, this bloke's done no research at all. You like, you clearly don't even ask the club, like, hey, you guys train with drones or not? Mate, I'm for him, just, for him, I, I know it's such a silly topic that, like, uh, this has turned into. And again, this is just the, the carousel, uh, the, the carnival, rather, that is rugby league, the circus. Uh, it that would have been the quickest, easiest phone call to anyone at the club, either player, trainer, fucking the bloke that runs the waters at during training. You like, couldn't like you couldn't be getting mail then because that's he, that was his mail. That's not mail. You no, but like is in he. That's what that's how he spun it. He goes, "I've got mail from people." You obviously don't have mail from people at the club, right? Like that mustn't be true, or, or you, someone's intentionally lying to you. Or does he go off the cuff, right? Does he just go rogue with that sort of shit? Like, is he? does he just start making things up on the spot? Well, he says he didn't. So, like, I mean, not he's he's a, well, like, his word. Because he's a journalist, right, for how many years? 100. 200 years, maybe, right? He obviously has some connections at the club. Did yeah, definitely. He would have to. He would have to have one at every club, right? So the fact that he has been either all the guy has, or he's fucked this guy over, and the guy, presuming it's a guy, has been like, I'm going to fuck over, uh, but Buzz, Mister Mayo, with some absolute horse shit, and see if he tries to peddle it at the market. Like maybe he's just fed him this. Maybe they don't though. The only thing, maybe they don't have like ins at every club. Maybe they just got a couple of. Because there are, there would be somewhere it's like you don't necessarily have moles at every club, but you've got you'd have a couple of moles that might be player agents, it might be players. But let's say it's a player that he would has, or for example, mm. it's like he hears from a player who doesn't play at the dogs, but who knows plays at the dogs, and it's like yeah, apparently they don't have drones or whatever the fuck it is. Like, so is he? He then takes that mayo to market without doing any corroboration of the story. And just going, and I'm not saying that's what has happened. I'm saying like, it's it's not it's not just a like oh someone at the Bulldogs is lying to him. It's just that someone who he gets his mayo from is not they're they're on selling like dodgy mayo. You're not getting this thing. This is like this is mayo that's fallen off the back of a truck as opposed to you know ethically and sustainably sourced mayonnaise that you can take to market. 
But it's it's more for me around the yarn itself, right? So, like, if you didn't know that... So, either you know that the Bulldogs use drones or you don't know because you don't know yes or you don't know no. Like, you don't know. You wouldn't he say no. Know. You wouldn't say exactly. He doesn't but he's, know. But he, but he thinks he knows but he, because if someone's told him. But, the, but I'm saying the person that's told him doesn't know. No. That's what no I'm saying. No one who has, he's had any conversation with knows. But the, so that person probably says, I don't know, and he's, either, and he's taken that as gospel. Or it could be that in the world of rugby league dribble and yarn, anything about dribblers that we interact with, people could just be fucking as dribbly as he is. Yeah, they may have heard some story about their, their drone usage from a couple of years ago from someone and said it. You know what I mean? You go, yeah, apparently they don't use drones. Have I checked on that in the last three years? No, I haven't. But That's they a good point. Do now. That's a good point. We forget about the dribbler. Yeah, the dribbler's dribbly. We shouldn't. Yeah, the dribbler is so dribbly. So dribbly. You can't forget about the dribbler. Mayo Man is the biggest. Um, he's the biggest dribbler on the planet. I reckon he's the biggest dribbler in rugby league. Comfortably, it's not and even it, close. And- Bro, it's it's one we're run one round into the fucking season and he's already done that. He I is the he is the biggest fucking dribbler. God, yeah. it's good. How do you reckon yeah, Brace going on three sixty? Mate, I don't think he's good. I don't like. I've. I, it's hard to watch three sixty. I like Brace, so I don't mind him. But I just think three sixty is a. It's like an older, probably an older rugby league fan format. I don't mind watching it. I do find it can sometimes get a bit samey. I think Brave's good, but I think that sometimes it can be a little bit like fucking, you know, Latrell needs to change his ways. You're like, okay. It's a little bit, it can be a little bit like, negative is probably not the right word, but they're always picking apart the issues. And I'm like, there's not that many issues, boys. Like, there's no. just not. You're getting, you're getting really fucking bogged down here. You're getting really nitty gritty. I like, I think it's Paul Crawley. Or Steve Crawley. Steve Crawley, I think, is the head of five. I think it's Paul. The one that cries and everything. Dude, he's the most emotional, the most emotional guy, like, I think I've ever seen as a journo. So he's like, he's a really good kid. You know, I'm just, I was really sad and disappointed to see it. Like, everything he says seems like he is three sentences away from bursting into tears, which is fine. Nothing wrong with showing tears or emotion, but he would be the most emotional journalist in rugby league. Mate, it's not even close. From like an emotional emotion. Not, a, not an angry emotional, like a sad email emotional. Yeah, like listens to fucking Green Day and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time of your life. I also think he's been accused of having a... Or like, I think he got caught out of having like a burner, a burner account on Twitter, like talking himself up. They all would, mate. I know. Talking himself up. Oh, my God. Or, like, defending himself or some shit. Do your own research on that. That could be a vicious, horrible oh road. I'm pretty sure he got caught out. Oh, my God. He denied it. He denied it. Like, I don't think it was one of those ones where it was like... Um, Mate, you deny till you die if you get caught with a burner, wouldn't you? You'd have to, dude. A burner would be fucking the saddest shit in the world. Oi! I tell you who's got a really funny one. Dave Portnoy, uh, Barstool Sports. He's got a burner account that is, um, it's a photo of, I think, a black woman, maybe Michelle Obama or just a black woman, though. 
uh, like middle-aged and the, her handle is uh, BSS, like Barstool Sports, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or something. <laughs> and he just like, he just comments constantly about Barstool and like sharing shit about Barstool, but like always really glowing about that himself. Like it's a blatant burner account. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Very funny. Very um, But yeah, no, I think that the journos at all have burner accounts. Speaking of journos, and it's not really rugby league, but our boy Lukey Beveridge absolutely roasting fucking Tom Morris, the AFL journal. This is AFL punters, dribblers. That 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 press conference was that seemed pretty heated. Mate, it was very heated. I, without knowing much about AFL, that's not going to shock any punters nor any dribblers. I think that he was just trying to unearth who was going to be playing in the opening round and, like, if they had injuries and who was in and who was out and shit. And, Bev- mm. and Bevo's blown up big time. I could be wrong, so don't fucking crucify me. If, if, if Well, my- reach out if, if we are wrong. Happy to be wrong. Happy to have it explained to us, but, like... That's what I was getting, and he... He started calling him like a gutter journalist and shit because he reckons that the team that they're playing this week he supports. And I'm like, you get- yeah, but you know what else though? Is I saw, I read a comment, someone because I was like, you're a Melbourne fan, you're a Melbourne fan. It was like, yeah, but like, if you want to go down that road, like, Beveridge has played fucking, he played for Melbourne. <laughs> and now he's coaching Western Bulldogs. Like, are you, are you unable to separate, you know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Used to play for, like, exactly. what are we talking about? Exactly. I think Tom Morris is quite a well-respected AFL journalist, from, and he's a cricket journal as well. But, like, I think he's quite well-respected. I didn't get the vibe. And, again, it's AFL, so I don't know. But, like, I didn't think that he was, like, a a buzz or, you know, ambulance chaser or anything like that. Again, reporting on team news is so, like, tame. Yeah. I, I Look, we could, we could have missed something here. So feel free to reach out and explain it to us if Tom Morris is he's got a bit of buzz about him but off the off the face of it it doesn't seem that way like Bevo's getting fucking fairly cane dude people are like mate one of the great overreactions of all time yeah he's played a shocker which he but then I was also reading comments on Twitter which is like mate I'm just sick of AFL journos and fucking you know good on him for standing up to him and I'm like huh Standing like, what did he do? Maybe that's just Western Bulldogs fans though. I oh, lost in the first round. I don't know. The thing about it is, is that they Australian Australian coaches and teams. I don't know if the media is different down here, but if you compare it to the rest of the world, very soft down here. Like they get their feathers yes. ruffled really fucking quickly. Like, Wayne yeah. Bennett's the best in the business. He doesn't get ruffled at shit. He doesn't say anything. He no, just, he like, doesn't. And he just really gets up he. and moves. Like, it's so simple. Whereas Bevo's down there, he's taken some sort of bait. I don't even know if he was baited, but he's he's blown a gasket and made and he made himself look like a bit of an idiot, I reckon. And unfortunately, doing it while having a chopper reed handlebar moustache and uh, what looked like an indigenous drop in, like not a drop in soul patch, an indigenous soul patch to the face. And by indigenous, we mean native to the face. Yes, as uh, as opposed not, to as opposed to a drop in, which is a stud. Yes, um, it's just it doesn't help the aesthetic of the whole thing. You know what I mean? It, it made him look more stupid. And like he was overact, like you know, more ridiculous. 
Yeah, made him look fucking. It made him look absurd. It made him look, yeah. I'm like I can't take you seriously. And he was getting emotional, and it looked like he was going to cry at one point. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. nah. This is too much for me. You look yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I'm just on the old twits here, seeing if I can see anything else about it. What getting the lay of the land, seeing what people think. Yeah, we're just trying to see because, like, I mean, it's, he's trending on Twitter right now. Luke Beveridge. <laughs> Has Tom Morris come out and said anything to like support himself? Honestly, what about how Bev- Bevo's like, mate? I think you should leave, and he's like, "This isn't your press conference, bro. This is the AFL." Yeah. And Bevo's like, "Oh, well, uh, uh, uh. maybe I'll leave then. <laughs> I'll leave then." All right, mate. On your bike, mate. Bro. He got him good. He, he got, got him, him so good. And now, dude. is Tom Morris just staying quiet? Is he saying anything? Is it Western Borders coach of Barry Bristol when asked about Lucky Hunter? Tom Morris revealed on Monday though. Is he being the better uh, man, is he? Um, I feel like he must. He's not saying anything. And it's kind of like, why would you? Like, we, you've got this many people who are just tr- absolutely pounding beverage. In you don't dinner. need to it say It doesn't shit. seem like there's much anti-Morris rhetoric that I'm seeing. No, but again, don't. like, the people I'm following is journos, so journos probably sucking off journos. There's also that. Well, the journo's always going to support the journo in that situation, I think. Yes. But want... I also haven't seen or heard anything that makes me think it's that untoward, right? No, except for salty Bulldogs fans. But like, fucking, thank God for sticking up for the club. We're sick of it. We're sick of it. We're um, sick of it. Edward. So rugby league tonight, Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night, South Beach Storm, I believe, is the game. You have poor old Christian Welsh out for the season, the cheese out for a few weeks with a broken hand, but you do have Harry Grant coming back. You've got Bromwich coming back. You've got Munster coming back. I don't see uh, – and you've got Latrell coming back for South. I don't see South winning. No, I think Melbourne will win and win well, Tom. That's what I think. I just don't – South are a bit – they're just – they're clunky without Reynolds, dude. They are. They're, they're clunky, clunky without Reynolds. It's it, That's going off one week. I get it. I understand. But they're clunky without Reynolds. They lost Bennett. Latrell back is a he's a big he's a big in, but there's only one there's only so much one player can do typically if they're a fullback. Whereas mm. Munster comes back, starts fucking ripping and tearing him and Jerome back together again. Harry Grant coming show, in, doing show, that same thing. Show. You know, I think they win and win well. I think I don't know if the line's still eight bucks. I'll be playing around with our punters and dribblers. I'll be fiddling that line. Yeah. I think there's a lot of fun to be had with that line. Now, more importantly, Friday night football. It's a great night for football. It is. If you don't think, motherfuckers. You mean Thursday night football or for? Oh, sorry, Friday night football. Right if now. you don't okay. think that the chooks aren't right for the picking, then you don't get rugby league football. It's as simple as that. I, I, yeah, I mean, Manly coming in to pound the chooks into the centre of the earth on Friday. Roosters are a weak bird. Seagulls a strong bird, and by that very nature, Manly will win. Do you know your birds or not? It's as simple as that. It doesn't sound like they do. Either you know your birds or you don't know your birds. If you know your birds, if you know the strengths and the weaknesses of your, of your bird, then you'll know that the sea eagle, eagle, best, the sea. best a chicken every day of the fucking week. We eat chickens. Yeah. We don't eat eagles, bro. Think about that, all right? 
that'll that'll sort of illuminate you as to where they sit in the pecking order of things. Our respect for the chicken is non-existent. We kill them on biblical levels, right? Whereas the eagle, the eagles love the eagles adored. Now, obviously, it wasn't Manly's. It wasn't Manly's night last Thursday. That's okay. We move on. We dust ourselves off. Whereas you and I were at the Roosters game. Shout out to Kat for having us. And they were appalling. And they were full strength. So am I what am I missing? Why What do you what, want us to do with that? But Roosters what am I like, but what, what am I missing? Why Roosters favourite? I don't get it. Well, because people don't get rugby league. I think that's what it is. They don't get rugby league, do they? That would be my take, is that there's just too many people who don't get rugby league. Look, I know Josh Schuster's not playing huge out, but Dylan, is Dylan Walker huge back? Huge out. I think he is. Dill's back. Dilly Bags is back. And, you know, I think we can all assume that Dilly Bags is going to rip and tear, have a field day. I've actually got him as an anytime try. For those watching About Even, you'll know that already. And that is everyone. Because About Even's the number one sports betting show on planet Earth, as we know. As we know, Tom. As we know. But... Roosters will be 0-2, Manly will be 1-1. One one. Onwards we march towards the Premiership in 2020. Glory. Glory. Glory awaits. Um, look, I don't think we need to sit here, though, Eddie, you and I, and go through every other game of the week. No, we're not doing that. That's important. We're I think we do a Thursday, we talk a bit of Friday, or we talk Manly, and we got Manly, and that's really good for us. Um, how long do you think we've been running for at this current juncture? Just so One hour, 10 minutes. Here. I like that one hour, 10 minutes as a, as a time for the punter and the dribbler. It's Thursday. You want to pound this thing out and then get into your Thursday night footy. That's right. Love it. Um, so I think that this is probably a nice time for us to wrap it up. Thanks to Ko. As always. Ko's great. Ko's the best. Thanks to Tom. Thanks to the punter. Thanks to the dribbler. Back on deck on Monday. Monday. Ripping, tearing, fucking oath. Fucking oath. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You two just not talk anymore. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.